It's time to hear what's good, what's bad, and what's ugly at the multiplexes and at the art house. Warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, or doghouse in that area. You'll also hear about new and old films on Blu-ray and on DVD. Plus, you'll hear all the latest Hollywood gossip. I don't care! Okay, maybe not the latter, but it is time for film sociology with WFYI's film guru. Kaiser Shizzy! No, that's Matthew Sosi. It's such a fine line between stupid and, and clever, yes. Let's see how thin the line is. Here's your host, Matthew Sosi. Hello there, film lovers. Welcome to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. Tight show today, a chat with founding director of IU Cinema, John Vickers, and an Oscar chat with Dick Wolfsey. So let's get to it. Here's my chat with IU Cinema founding director, John Vickers. Before we really dive into some heavy, heavy material, John, I have to ask, how did Soylent Green go over at IU? Oh, um, well, you know... Um... It went over well, actually. Uh, it was a good crowd. We we have a, a nice crowd for these uh, uh, repertory screenings. And, uh, yeah, it, it's a relatively new DCP, so a digital transfer of the film, and it looks fantastic on screen. But we had, I don't know, 150 people here who all seemed to enjoy it. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, I, I think the film still plays well, and people are interested in eating right. Um, so, uh no, it, it, it was fun with an audience. We're, 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 what kind of concessions were at that screening? <laughs> um, purely only processed food. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, I bring it besides the fact that you guys did that. And, and, the, and of course, the beauty of IU Cinema is that, yes, you can get you can get the avant-garde and the art stuff and the Oscar contenders, but you also get Charlton Heston sci-fi films. So That's right. you've got to show that diversity. But also in the span of a couple of months, you played two films that are film sociology staples. The closing words of film sociology are always the words to live by, Soylent Green is people, and Zardoz has spoken. Uh, nice. <laughs> and you know, you you've cut, you've had both of those and John Borman on campus. I salute you, sir. Yeah, well, thank you. Thanks. <laughs> so, I guess for for those who don't know, what is the rest of the semester looking like at uh, at IU Cinema? Well, we have uh gosh, I mean, we have all kinds of really great stuff. And so, one thing that we have coming up late in February is um the independent filmmaker Anna Lily Amarpour, who uh, did the film A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Um, and we're excited about that. She's, she's a firecracker. I mean, she's truly independent, but she's got some interesting things to say, and she has a new film called The Bad Batch that uh, we can't announce uh, that we're screening, but we're proud that she has it, and we do have a special event marked on her calendar, so uh, take that as you will. Um, but So we're excited about that. We have um, actually this weekend, which uh, some of your listeners may know about or may not, but we're screening uh, a world premiere score for a 1925 silent film, Body and Soul. And so we have a score written by an IU student, which will be performed with a 15-piece orchestra, which we're really excited about. Um, we have an Italian filmmaker named uh, Roberto Ando, who's made some pretty interesting uh, sexually alluring films that uh, we're, we're screening in April. Um, and so we're excited to have him on campus with us. Um, we have um, uh, really uh, an amazing documentary filmmaker named Patricio Guzman. He's a, a Chilean a filmmaker, and his probably his most 
famous recent film is uh, Nostalgia for the Light. Uh, he also did a film called The Pearl Button, and both of them, I'm sorry, The Pearl Button, both of them were in uh, festivals uh, over the last few years. But he's uh, he's considered a master documentary filmmaker, and we're excited to have him. Uh, we have another filmmaker coming that we can't announce yet, but um, he will be kind of uh, all over the press um, in April uh, because he's celebrating a, his 50th anniversary of making films, and he's, there's a major retrospective of his work um, happening in New York starting in April, and we're actually uh, going to have him here before that retrospective kicks off. So, um, so I'm going to be bothering you in, in very yeah. soon. Yeah, I hope so. Oh, okay, um, now you call you asked for it, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, and then some some other things. I mean, we have some series in, in the schedule that kind of happen throughout the year, and we have Elvis on screen. We have uh, a Scorsese's Men of Faith in celebration of his new film Silence. So we're screening his little scene um, George Harrison documentary, uh, Living in the Material World. We're also playing Last Temptation of Christ and uh, Cape Fear coming up. Again, there's there's a lot in the schedule. Uh, we're we're doing a, a few Bollywood films. Um, there's just really there's too much there to cover in just a you know a few minutes. I understand. You can go to and folks, you can go to cinema.indiana.edu for all the information on that. There there's a couple series I do want to talk about. One is the uh, the Scorsese in uh, in the Scorsese cinema as far as spirituality. I mean, I think he's one of the yeah. most one of the most spiritual filmmakers. Um, full disclosure, he's one of my favorites is not my favorite director silence made my top five um what have you screened so far and then um and how has that gone over and and by the way kudos for showing last temptation i i'll be interested to see how much of an audience there'll be inside and how much of an audience there will be outside the theater yeah i, I yeah. remember the fear of that film back in 1988 well yeah so well certainly it'll be less um of, of a spectacle. Um, yeah, but there's, there, there's always the guys on campus that yell at you, so that's that's always a possibility, but probably smaller. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, we'll probably have somebody, uh, a faculty member, introduce it. But so all we've screened so far is Kundun, which the film I love about the, of course, His Holiness, the, the Dalai Lama. Um, but and then we we only had room for four films um, because Taxi Taxi Driver could have been in the mix, or there you know there are other films mean that streets. have. Uh, certainly a spiritual or a, 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 some faith, you know, elements to them. And so there are, there's a lot we could put in, into that uh, series. Speaking of, of Silence, um, it's one of my favorite films of the year as well. I, I, I think it's a, a masterwork, and I, it's not getting seen enough, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, I think it's, it's really amazing. We, I mean, just as a side note, Matthew, um, we're very, very close to having Martin Scorsese here this spring. And, He's on our list, of course, of filmmakers to bring, but we, I think we, we tempted him, uh, and he knows about us, and he knows what's happening with film and media here on campus, and uh, we'll get him here at some point. Um, we were so, so close, and this, this series was in anticipation of that. We were going to announce it, uh, but it, it just it didn't work out. Um, it, but we will get him back, so so please, please stay tuned for that, and, and being that he's one of your favorites. Is that on or off the record? That's on the record. Thank you. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yes, yeah. most definitely. Yeah. And no, I, that's, I mean, it was so exciting to be close, and uh, he's a busy man. Of um, course. But, but it just it looks as though that we've found a way. We've connected with him. And, um, you know, part of it is we have this really great film archive here on campus, which is accredited by the International Federation of Film Archives. 
Um, he, of course, is into film preservation with the Film Foundation. Yep. Um, so we have many ways in, in which we, we align, I, I think. And I, I love the fact that you picked Cape Fear because what, what Scorsese did with that film, I mean, it, it, on paper, it's a remake, of course, of Gregory Peck and, and Robert Mitchum. Right. And, uh, you know, he kind of took a pulpy thriller and besides making the family dysfunctional, but became a redemption story because of what Nolte's character does with Max Cady and how that turn of events happens. And I, I thought right. that was just a, a really smart move on his part. Yeah, yeah. No, I same here. And um, yeah, you know, it's not uh, a lot, for a lot of folks. Uh, that's not one of his one of their favorite Scorsese films. But I think it has a lot of merit. I mean, there's there's so much good in that film. Yeah, that was that was one I I was in college when that came out, and that was that was one of those films that if somebody had not seen it, I dragged them to it. And yeah, you get hit, you get hit over the head, but there are better there are worse films to get hit over the head by. That's right. Yep. Yep. Now, um, with with the Elvis stuff that I, I can't remember, but I know you, I think you have or will be showing King Creole, which I think is is is, is his best film. Yeah, so that's that's coming up on February twenty fifth. Um, yeah, so this has been a fun series, and and the turnout has been has been pretty strong. So Elvis, uh, I don't know, he, it, the the films are playful, right? And he <laughs> he's had so much charisma on screen and. Uh, no, I think uh, it was just a nice addition to the to the our series. What 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 all have you shown? Do you remember? So yeah, so we've screened uh, so far Viva Las Vegas, and we've screened Elvis uh, the way it is, the documentary, which is actually really fantastic. Yep. Uh, and we have coming up then King Creole, Blue Hawaii, and Jailhouse Rock. Oh yeah, that's I mean that's that pretty much covers everything. Um, yeah. v- Viva Las Vegas was you know Anne Margaret was the one co-star that could stand toe-to-toe with him and uh you know thanks colonel parker for not challenging him after that um that's the way it is i remember showing my daughter that in her hannah montana phase because she got to see a band rehearse Uh, we you know we for young people i think they just assume you know american idol or the voice just go on stage and belt it um Uh, I think, like I said, King Creole, I think is his best film. Michael, a lot of people forget Michael Curtiz directed it. Really right. solid supporting cast. If you look at Elvis's films, up until maybe Flaming Star, I mean, there there were some James Dean moments until he started doing the same film three times a year. Right. And and of course, Blue Hawaii is one of the better films he did three times a year. And Angela Lansbury is his mother, so that's always that's always amusing. Yeah, it's it's hard to imagine thirty one feature films. I yeah. And incredible there there's probably you probably from the mid 60s if you took about a third of those out and i'm not dismissing change of habit which i think is and and live a little love a little which i think are kind of bad films but i understand why they were made um change of habit was and we were talking about this with the passing of mary tyler moore you know that was the kind of b-movie universal look at the counterculture those films were being done back then if you look at Live a Little, Love a Little, take out the songs, and it's a Tony Curtis sex comedy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, that, that, that yeah. and I'm glad that that's being well, really well-received and well-attended. That's cool. Yeah, thanks. thanks. Okay, um, I want to sh- shift gears a little bit. First off, I guess I should ask, how is the 1718 season looking? Because I know you guys are always planning ahead. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're not deep into it, um, so we've started reaching out to filmmakers. That's that's one of the early things we do. And then we have, as you know, we have a lot of partnerships with the Academy. So we're working on our uh, partnership proposals right now as well. So 
Um, so it's really, um, it's pretty raw right now. Okay. Um, yeah. I, uh, do you have something in mind? No, no. I just, I just wasn't sure how far in advance because, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, if you go to, if you go to IU Cinema's calendar, what is great is you will have, you know, the, the series come and go. Obviously, but you have things like, and I'm looking at the page now. You know, Monday yeah. matinee classics, South Korean millennials. Um, yeah. You know, un- the Underground series, Art in a Movie, uh, China Remix. So, and I wasn't sure, and I'm, I'm sure it, part of it might be the availability of films, who can come on campus, but it's almost like, and I mean this as a compliment, is kind of the, the film festival Mad Libs. You know, pick a, pick a country, pitch, pick a genre, and can we show three or four or five of those films? Yeah, yeah it's... Um... I'm not offended. Um, okay. Yeah, it, it, you know, we're trying to do a lot with a single screen. So we're trying to satisfy. Yeah. Uh, we're trying to be Bloomington's art house cinema. We're trying to be a great repertory program. We're trying to be a film festival uh, feeling or atmosphere with visiting filmmakers on a pretty regular basis. And then we're trying to be academically relevant. And so we're trying to do all of those things while also supporting students, you know, showing student work, supporting alumni who have work. And so. You know, it's 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 a, a juggling act, but I think what happens is we get a pretty diverse schedule each time. Um, but you, yeah, Mad Lib or yeah, it could seem a little chaotic, but there's there's uh, there's strategy there in there somewhere. Of course, but I think yeah. that the the the, un, the unpredictability of it, uh, I think for me, makes it very appealing. Sure, thank you, thank you. Now I know another goal you have in 2017 is getting film tax credits into Indiana. Why don't you expand on that? Yeah, yeah. So actually we have a bill in session right now. Um, It's uh, House Bill 1219. And so we've had a committee working together for about 18 months. Um, Really amazing group of people uh, that is a mix of IU faculty, uh, local filmmakers, regional filmmakers, former film commissioners, current film commissioners, so Teresa Sabatine from Film Indy, um, representatives from the House on our committee, uh, Matt Pierce. And so, yeah, we've had this really great uh, committee working on uh, researching uh, 35 states that have had or have tax credits and trying to write a bill that we think will be perfect for Indiana. Now, we've done that. Uh, we have it in session. We have a Republican author in Dave, Re- Representative Dave Frizzell. We have co-authors of Representative Mike uh, Kirikoff and uh, Matt Pierce, as well as uh, Ben Smaltz. Uh, so we have uh, bipartisan co-authors. We have a Republican author. And we think we have a bill that's written that will really support the industry that's here, but also draw industry in and create jobs, you know, be a, a boost to the economy, um, and it's not the most competitive bill in the U.S. by any means, but we think it's moderate enough to maybe get through the state, but also still attractive enough to draw stuff here. And uh, and it's been beaten up a little bit in the last few weeks in session, and so we're making modifications as we go. But we think we have a – I don't know. We think we have something that the state can support, and uh, we're hoping to meet with the governor as well as, you know, more folks that uh, need to know about it here in the coming, well, this week and coming weeks. So it's, it's all happening soon. Uh, we'll know very soon whether it's going to happen. But we, we know that it'll, it'll bring production here, which we know will be good for the state. We, it, we know that it will be good for the uh, film programs around the state. So not only I use film and media program, but Ball State has a good program. Uh, Notre Dame has a program. There are other schools that have programs that support 
film and media production. So we, we think it will create opportunities for students and hopefully then keep some of these graduates, you know, here in the state after they, you know, can work on their production de degrees. So anyway, um, it's a long game, um, but we're hoping that actually something gets passed uh, this session because it is a budget year. If not, then we're going to fight for it year after year until we get it passed. I would say for for those who uh, are just new to the to the idea. I mean, what happened with filmmaking in Indiana? I know there. I know we there was at one time an Indiana Film Commission. Phil, can you fill yeah. folks in on on the history of that a little bit? Yeah. Well, so when film credits were introduced uh, many years ago, it's you know it made it made production companies look for those film credits to you know for for them to save money on their bottom line, um, and so it created this really competitive. Uh, atmosphere to where you didn't go shoot a film to where it should be shot, you know, because of location necessarily, but you went to wherever you could get the best credit, and, and not all films, of course, but 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 it created this uh, competitive environment. And so, even without a, a tax credit, the state has has had a film commission, still does, um, but it's been reduced down to a level of support from the state that um, because there wasn't a lot of it didn't seem as though there was a lot of production happening. Now, the, the reality is there are about 7,000 people working in production or in support of film and media production in the state right now. And so, I mean, that's a number that came out of the uh, um, some major survey in 2014. So there is a base of production here. Uh, and so we want to grow that base. Uh, we want to then also grow that base into making uh, and supporting feature films as well. But the reality is uh, production companies are going to find a place where they can go and get some money back for shooting in that location. Um, and it, it doesn't necessarily have to be the most important driving factor to get a production there, but it is a very important factor. That's why we think um, we don't have to be the most competitive, and we want to go after the films that should be shot in Indiana are fictionally based in Indiana, but then end, you know getting shot somewhere else if there isn't a tax credit. Yeah, two two um, exam two examples of that are the Fault in Our Stars and uh, and Ricky and the Flash, most notably. Yeah, and the Judge, and I mean right. you could go on and on. I mean there are, there are quite a few recent films. Um, and so as as a, a step of of good faith, um, there's been this City of Indianapolis film office that opened uh, maybe eight months ago now. Uh, called Film Film Indie, and it's housed within, um, I think, Visit Indie. Um, and I can't remember the name of the three entities that are supporting this, but three entities, you know, ponied up some money to support this for two years on a trial basis. And they hired a very dynamic film commissioner named Teresa Sabatine, who's been in the industry working as a producer, but then wanted to come back to Indiana, and the timing was right. And, and uh, Teresa's amazing, and she will and she already has gotten some production here in the state or, or in the city, but uh, she will continue to get production here whether there's a tax credit or not. Um, but with a tax credit, I think she can do amazing things, you know, not only for Indianapolis but also for, you know, the entire state. So, But, again, she's, she's city-based. Um, but there is still a film commissioner uh, that's linked now in the Department of Tourism, um, and her, I think her name is – her name is Amy, and I don't remember her last name. Sorry. That's right. Um, but anyway, the tax credit is kind of the game changer, and the tax the tax credit will help support production here. It'll help support the base that's already here, and it will grow that. 
And if we can have it for six years, eight years, 10 years, I mean, this industry will grow. There's, there's no question. Now, for folks who want to find out more about State of Indiana Film and Media Production Tax Credits, where can they go? They can go to uh, in-media-tax, and that should take them to uh, a website that will give them information on the tax bill, a link to the current tax bill uh, that's in the House, and all kinds of other support, you know, supporting talking points and ways to get involved, ways to be an advocate, uh, because there's, you know, you can write letters, of course, to your your legislators, which helps. So, I mean, there's many ways to get involved. The time is short. Um, this session will end before we before we know it. But thanks for that. Um, it, it's I, I think that it's a perfect time for for doing this right now. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to I want to end on a lighter note. But um, yeah. what what is upcoming for the president series? There is not a president series this spring. So, oh, um, yeah. So we've been doing it. If not every semester, every other semester. Okay. And, you know, I, I'm just going to plug the president. The, yeah. I mean, our, the president of Indiana University is uh, a, a, an amazing cinephile who's got great taste. And um, this IU cinema would not be here if it were not for his his drive and making it happen. And we've been honoring him with uh, a series uh, every semester or two. And, um, yeah, he has good taste. So we're, we always look forward to that. To forward to, to that as well. Does he just send you a list and go find them? Um, similar to that. I mean, we we kind of talk about uh, topics first. I mean, he has he has so many ideas, and so he, he'll list he'll talk about a topic. I'll kind of go back and forth with him on what I think is interesting, and then he'll rattle off you know three or four or five films, and I might rattle off a couple films, and and then we we look for them. But he prioritizes. I mean, he yeah, he's pretty savvy. Okay. Well, please please tell him the next time you talk. I, I want him on the show. I, I want to talk to him about his films, his film choices. Okay. So, um, yeah, because I, I remember when we when the when the titles first started popping up, I'm like, this this is pretty impressive. His his basement is probably better looking than mine when it comes to film shelves. So I would uh, anyway would yeah. like would like to to verbalize with him about that stuff. Okay. Well, I will. I'll share that with him, and hopefully we can we can make that work. John, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. This was fun. Good. Thanks. That was my chat with John Vickers. Here's my chat with Dick Wolfsey. So, uh, Dick Wolfsey, I, I hear that when, when it's Oscar season, it is you have lots of date nights around the house with your lovely wife. <laughs> date night sounds dirty, doesn't it? <laughs> Only if you say so. <laughs> uh, no, my, uh, my wife uh, loves movies, and it's very important to her that we see all of them before they... Um, you know, before the Oscars. So I think, I'll say this, we've seen all of them, but I slept through one. But it wasn't because it wasn't good. It was because it was, you know. Would you be willing to let us know what film you will give a second chance to? I will be. I would be willing to go back and see Hell in High Water. Okay. I would be willing. but So I'm not casting aspersions. No. I'm just saying that I, I was having a bad night. We, <laughs> yeah, we were, we were talking off the yeah. air before this that, yeah. that there are some films, whether it is We Are Sleepy or right. it, it was a cruddy date experience. I, had a, I, I did not watch The Princess Bride mm-hmm. for several years because <laughs> I, had, I, I went on a crappy double date. And it's not the film's fault it's not yeah. right you know i didn't you know i didn't right. chew out rob ryan or anybody yeah. that it was just it was just a cruddy night and that film sadly was associated yeah. with that night now so, you could also miss the film if you had an incredible date and you, <laughs> if you know what i mean uh, we, yeah. i won't ask you about see those. that it got dirty again but you might. Yeah. yeah yeah <laughs>
So. We here at Film Sociology we speak in single entendres. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely said. Um, so Nicely no. Said. So how how is how is the uh, the checklist been at the Wolfsey House for the Oscars? Well, like I said, we've seen them all. Okay. We disagreed on a couple, although uh, for the most part, I would say we agreed. I mean, there were some that I said it was okay, and my wife said, "Oh, I thought it was great," but. There wasn't really any that I disliked, except you. You have not gone. You have not gone to bed angry. No, <laughs> no, we haven't. No, we haven't. Okay, good. Yes, yes. So I guess, um, but yeah, I, I've even yes, even film critics are humans too. Sometimes yeah. we are tired. Uh, we were right. talking like Friday nights. We always talk about in live theater. Yeah. Uh, people in the theater community tell you Friday yeah. nights the audiences sound a little different than Saturday nights because they probably been work all day, so they've gone sure. from work to dinner. To a play. Oh, and any stand-up comic will tell you that the mm-hmm. night of the week, that they could almost tell you the night of the week if they didn't know the night of the exactly. week. Exactly. Yeah, so. so that's, I mean, that's just how people are, so that's pretty cool. So of, yeah. of the ballots, uh, and I'm, yeah. I have the award ballot in front, yes. what, what has stood out for you or what has stood out for you recently? Well, uh, they're all relatively recently, I guess. Right. I, I you know, you you asked me on the show, and I appreciate it. I'm not the smartest person in the world. Look at I, your host. <laughs> I I. I <laughs> I I know this sounds really superficial. Forgive me. That's right. I just love movies when you can't wait to see what happens. This is, I know that's simplistic, but there are some movies where you just don't have that feeling. Okay. That you can't wait to see what happens. Can you can you give a recent example? Well, for example, uh, uh, Arrival, which just came out on video as well. Yes, I couldn't wait to see what happens. Excellent. Okay, so I love that. Um, but other movies, I don't know. Um, I, I have a lot of things to say about Fences, but I didn't feel with Fences that I couldn't wait to see what was going to happen. Didn't mean it wasn't a good film, but I just like films like that. Uh, so. I, you mentioned Arrival because I, I really enjoyed Arrival, and I'm gonna I'm, I'm not gonna call him out. He's a, he's a wonderful guy, but right. there there was a gentleman who, uh, and it's not here in Indy, but mm-hmm. but somebody in the firefighter community, I should say, um, got to pick out the film for the group. And he he picked Arrival. Mm-hmm. He's not allowed to pick the movie for the for the right. firefighters for a while. Right. And I think part of it was, and I and I said first off, you should have called me, right? Because I am film yeah. concierge right. at, at your beck and call. <laughs> yeah. But I, but I think they were expecting more. The day the earth stood still, as opposed, you know, oh. is, you know I think they were yeah. expecting Amy Adams versus the aliens. Right. By the way, Team Amy. No, but and that but was it was much much more than, oh, gosh, than that. It wasn't so, no. On the contrary, it right, was just exactly. the opposite of exactly. that. Exactly. So I was like, yeah. so I, I said to him, "I'm sorry, you lost your film picking privileges at right. work, but uh, yeah, I, I, I anyway that that I think that is the contrast on that. A, a, a real superficial comment, but you know what it reminded me of, and I know because you're a fan of this stuff too. Do you remember the old? Um, uh, Twilight Zone series. Sure. When the, the when that rocket ship lands and they they um in, they um, translate the title of the to book. serve mankind. <laughs> God, it's, yes, it's a cookbook. So you and I are kind of almost the same age, but although I'm we a little we older. we've we've watched different things here. You you and I can appreciate a sol- a soylent green omelet. Yeah, there if you that go. is the case. Yeah, so. Exactly right. Now you, you mentioned fences. Yes, uh, fence, I have some strong fence, feelings about that. Fences made my top five. Okay, let so, me tell you what I didn't like about fences. Go right ahead. Okay. <laughs> I'm, and I'm, by the way, if, if Dick Wolfsey doesn't like something about fences, that does not mean he's a racist. No, so, no, on the contrary. No. Yeah, you know, just just to get that uh, NPRPC. It's a, it's a given that this was an adaption from 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 a, from a, a, a play from a play, of course, and that's cool. I have no mm-hmm. problem with that. But I think you would agree that when you go to a play, 
because there are no close-ups, there are no camera shots, there are blah, 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 blah. The person on stage, for lack of a better word, is really overacting because they, they don't have the benefit of the camera angle and the close-up. So they project and they're overacting. Yes. It's not the way people talk in real life. No, you, okay. your voice has to carry. Your voice has to carry and there almost has to be a greater intensity in it. Mm-hmm. And I just felt, as opposed to several other movies we can talk about, that I felt like Denzel Washington, who I love, yes. was, lack for a better word, overacting. I don't think that's the way a person in that situation would talk to people. It seemed like he was acting as great as he is. Well, and and yeah, does it, that make any sense at it, all? It does. Yeah, I uh, I respectfully disagree with okay, you on that one. That's why I we're think, here. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, because I think th- there are there's oh, there's a never ending debate on if you notice somebody is acting. Yes, it's, it's kind of like people when people say about film music. If you don't understand the sc- if you don't notice the score, the score does its job. I think there are exceptions to that mm, rule. Yes, Ennio Morricone, uh, Hans Zimmer, the music from Inception, things like yeah, that. Right. Where and I think it's also the way the audiences are wired. Everybody yes. is wired different. You notice. Mm. I always say there's two types of audience members. There are sitters. And there are thinkers. Mm-hmm. Thinkers can sit and sitters can think, but I think you're rooted in one way or another. If you're a sitter, you you go to the play, you go to the movie, it washes over you for a couple hours, you like it, you don't like it, and you go home. If you're a thinker, you're thinking, okay, what was he thinking when that shot was happening, and how okay. how did they move the camera? And you know, and you can you can let yourself out of a out of the moment, but still be in the moment. And and you know full disclosure, I've done plays, I've acted in plays, I've directed plays, so that my brain notices things like that, but I can still enjoy it and not be pulled out of it. That being said, um, I really I, I think what Denzel was doing with Fences, and you know the fact that he is most of that cast did it on Broadway. So they, right, they've they been did. doing it for a long time, yeah. and they got to have, I believe, a little bit of rehearsal before filming it. Um, I think the other thing that's cool that, that I enjoyed watching was it's kind of, for lack of a better comparison, it's August Wilson's Death of a Salesman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, interesting. It, it, right. it is that. Yeah. But, I, but I think the fact that he is playing this, the man of the house— the father, well, the father of the house, even though he doesn't want, really doesn't want the hmm. kids there for the most part. Right. The husband, capital T, capital H, supposed to be the breadwinner, and you know, and of course, on t- on top of all that, was a retired ball player. Yeah. So he he is this kind of alpha male, who's you know dealing with grown up sons, dealing with his wife, dealing with his brother, and of course, dealing with these the the basically death. So he's got a lot on his plate, and I think uh, him attacking that, and maybe the fact that he's been doing it on stage for so long, mm-hmm. reflected in the performance on camera. Oh, maybe, <laughs> and and is that your lovely wife? No, I'd, yes, I'd she's love to, going to disagree with film. me. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> uh, no, there. Were, I think there. Well, why don't I just say everything you've said? I agree with. But that doesn't but, change. But it's still, it's still. Okay. I still, it's the way I felt about. it. Well, it's funny because there have been films where we watch out. I've, you know, we walked out with, uh, with some of the other critics, and somebody will say, "I hated that film because it was so dumb." And of course, yeah. I go, "I loved that film yeah. because it was so dumb." Well, don't you feel? And you're a music expert too. But there are some <laughs> musicians where they go to you, and some you have to come to them. And Bruce Springsteen comes to you, and. Uh, I just spaced I, out his I, name. No, no, I grew up on Springsteen. So, not Spring, but not the, I just spaced out his name. Bob Lord, Dylan. Bob Dylan. But you have to come to Bob Dylan. Sure. But, but Springsteen comes to you. Does that? You know no, what? I get it because yeah. um, 
yeah, Dylan, it, you know, depending on his mood and whatever he's recording, whatever he's feeling, yeah. I, I remember I, I've only seen Dylan once, and it was in the mid-'80s. Mm-hmm. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers were opening. Mm-hmm. That's a bonus. And they were, were his backing band. Mm-hmm. And that was the period. It was kind of like Miles Davis as well. With Dylan, it depended on his mood. He would either you know, give you the greatest hits, or if he was in a cantankerous mood, he right. would do all of self-portrait with his back <laughs> to the audience. Right. I don't, and I don't mind making that challenge. I got into a debate with a coworker here when, um, this was a few years ago, it was at Clues Memorial Hall at Butler, but Huey Lewis in the News performed, mm-hmm. and it was homecoming weekend, so there was like, you know, a lot of alumni, i.e. old folks, right. and they had just the band had just put out a big band album with a horn section, and they were doing the old kind of 40s and 50s uh, big band tunes. And that evening, they did most of that. Mm-hmm. They did the, the album that they were mm-hmm. promoting, as opposed to a greatest hits package. And, mm-hmm. I, and I heard some people wrinkle their nose at that. And uh, so, you know, the question is, do you want the hits or do you want what they're doing well, right then and there? Well, I think there was a there? song about that, wasn't there? So, by probably. But, uh, but yeah, I think, yeah, I think there is a certain part of that of, do you, yeah, can you, do you, as you said, do you go to the artist or does the artist come to you? Right. And I'm, I'm kind of good either way. I'd sure. like to know why somebody makes me go to them. Yeah. So, so when it's a, if it's a challenging film, if it's something like, uh, like L. With uh, Isabelle Huppert, which is, I mean, it's not an easy film to watch. Yeah, and I didn't see that. Um, so. It, woo. Um, I would say uh, if your lovely wife wants to see it, don't end the evening with it. Okay. Cleanse your palate. Go watch Archer or Bob's Burgers or something, something fun like that. before going to sleep. You know, but well, we should say one more thing about arri- Arrival, um, which you liked. I did. I, I did. did. Um, I, it was interesting because I happened to, I don't usually do this, but I happened to have read. Uh, uh, Anthony Lane, you know, in the New Yorker, his review of it, and it was great because he he sort of I, he sort of felt like I did. He sort of said, you know, I'm not sure I can fully explain the whole thing, but you just have a sense that it was really cool in the sense of what that what communication is, and it's very timely too. Yes, because it's about communication and how important that is, and how we lack it now. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I and uh, the other thing to consider is, and and also. Critics don't know everything, despite our aura and our yeah. persona. So, yeah, if we don't, quote-unquote, get the ending, because there, there have been some endings. When when we get done with a screening, we don't we don't huddle around a cauldron and break it down right. or curse it or whatever. Right. I mean, every now and then, if there's something that's really good or really uh, pokes at us in a good or a bad way, we might talk to each other. Um you know, like Whiplash. I remember we talked about the ending of Whiplash quite a bit, and we talked about the ending of The Wrestler when we walked out. Um, so, I and I think everybody has a different idea, of maybe, of the ending of Arrival. But, uh, but yeah, it it it, it is more reminiscent. It reminded me a little bit of Contact, although Contact didn't irritate or yeah. Arrival didn't irritate me as much as Contact did. Um, but, but yeah, at the very least, we know it's it's not Amy Adams versus Let's Aliens. Talking about endings, yes. Here, I am just the king of superficial observations. No, no, it's okay. But why in Hacksaw Ridge does the movie not end with him going back to see his girlfriend? (laughs) I'm serious. How could they not have him do that? Seriously, how could you not have him return after what he's been through? I mean, the interesting thing about the movie is the contrast between who he was and probably the most horrific war scenes you've ever seen. Uh, Yeah, I, I... I thought Hacksaw Ridge was okay, okay. as a film, mm-hmm. um, and and I think, 
uh, you know, Andrew Garfield, as much as I like him, I think he got nominated for the wrong film. I think I think he should have been nominated for his performance in Silence than in Hacksaw oh, I Ridge. I see that, yeah. Um, no, I think yeah. Hacksaw Ridge is is Mel Gibson's Sergeant York. Yes. And what I mean by that, it is, yes, he, and, and of course, Mr. Gibson doesn't shy away from brutality uh, in any way, shape, or form. If you've seen Passion of the Christ Passion and the Apocalypto. Crime, yeah. But he had to do stuff. this movie. I mean, well, this he was, did. He, yeah. And, and it, it is, he does show the ugliness of war, but at the flip, on the flip side, he also hits you with a lot of 40s cornball war stories. The, the relationship between the man and the woman. Yeah, I mean, that's it's true. straight out of the 40s. I mean, it, it is yeah. 40s cliche. Yeah. And I don't know if that was intentional, but that's how it felt. Mm. Um, and, and the sergeant story. And I know he was making an inspiring story, but but as far as, you know, the, the, the characters from Central Casting, yeah. you know, the, 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 this, and Vince Vaughn looking like he really, really wants to crack a joke and cannot. Yeah, but he was good. Um, enough, yeah. yeah, but, but there, I mean, there, and I, so there, there's a lot of the 40s. War movies like Sergeant York, like uh, mm. well, not not really the best years of our lives, but th- but those forties films, whether Zane Grey I, I, or Audie so you're Murphy, saying this is on those, purpose or not? I don't know, oh. but but it it, it kind of was a balance of some really horrific war footage. Yeah, but let uh, me tell you the difference, in my okay. opinion, between the brutality in let's say Private Ryan and the brutality in this. Mm-hmm. And they were both equally pretty gruesome. Maybe this was a little bit more gruesome. But that's, I think here's the difference. When I saw Private Ryan, I was sitting there thinking, wow, I am seeing the brutality of war. When I watched Gibson's film, I felt like I was seeing him see the brutality of war. Okay. There was an extra level there that I thought made it even cooler. Because it made me see, wow, if you think I think this is bad, can you imagine sure. what he's thinking? And Gibson has a thing about torture and violence yeah. in his films, whether it's yeah. his character in Braveheart or, right. or in, you know, in Lethal Weapon, that sort of thing. Now, the other thing, you, you mentioned Private Ryan, and I'm still waiting for this to happen, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I want, in a war film, or especially no, a World War II film, I want two guys in the same platoon from the same region. Give me two New Yorkers. Give me two Southern boys. It is always a representative from each oh. part of the country, right? Every right. you never see two New York Jews. You never see two Southern <laughs> boys. You never see two Midwestern I've guys. Never thought of that, you never Matthew. say Chicago. Me too. Oh. You never because we have to have the universality of everybody going. Mm. So you know, just once, give me two guys from the same part of the of the country. The other part, which I always make fun of for Hacksaw Ridge, and this is this is not a film. Actually, it's not making fun of of Hacksaw Ridge. It's making fun of the Motion Picture Association of America. Right. The Motion Picture Association of America has a has a stick up its hind hinder about nudity. That's you you saw Hacksaw Ridge, which is a really bloody film right, when but, it comes to brutality. But at the very beginning of the film, well actually near um the beginning of Andrew Garfield's um indoctrinment into the service, mm-hmm. he's walking through the, the the barracks and there's a giant muscular naked guy doing doing pull-ups and then of course sergeant vince vaughn shows up and they all have to stand at attention and there's big naked guy with his hands over his area i'm gonna guess if you're a sergeant you would act and your sergeant was there you would actually stand 
at attention, <laughs> no matter what was hanging. And then, of course, there's a bit afterwards yeah. when they all have to go running outside for for uh, exercises. Yeah. I'm sorry, military guys. But, that's... but, but then, of course, um, the guy's going to get dressed, and Vince Small looks at him and says, no, no, go out now. So he goes out, but we don't see him running naked because that would get you no, an NC-17 rating. Part of the 40s cliche. Maybe. Right. So, yeah. so blown up bodies is okay, but a floppy but, whatever hands over. Know, that's, that's, oh, it's true. <laughs> Listen, I'm in news. You can yeah. show somebody hit by a car dying, but somebody streaking. But somebody you streaking. pixelate it. Yeah, right. Yeah, or or a loc- you know, whatever. Nobody yeah, thought loc- about pixelating the car wreck. No, but that's anyway. that's exactly right. <laughs> so anyway, that that's my my two cents on Hacksaw Ridge. There was another ending that I thought. Oh, yeah. Forgive me because I'm bad with names. That's but, okay. Um, I I call him Remy because he he was Remy in um, a House of uh, Cards. Um, in um. In the movie about the little, the little black boy that oh moonlight up. in moonlight. moonlight, you never see at the end if Remy comes back to see. But well, I think well, okay. Um, I loved and Moonlight. I think is is uh, is another one's in my top. Oh, five. it's it's magnificent. But really. I, but I think that the yeah it got, it, because of what he went through, and again, spoiler alert on a film that's out. For yeah. a couple of months, but um, no, I I think that is a that is an ending that it depends on you personally if your glass is half empty or half full. Yeah. I think they wind up together. I think they wind up happily ever after. Oh, you're talking about the two lovers. Yes, I'm talking about oh. I'm talking oh. about the guy who picked when he was a kid. Oh, and nurtured him. No, no, him no, no. no. Yeah. I think um, it it is we we are reminded it is not that guy's journey. It is not Remy's journey. It's the kid's journey. That's exactly so, right. But so, still, because yeah. especially in that first, obviously the first third. You're wondering because you've seen this film before. Is okay. He's nurturing the kid. He's being kind to him. Oh, he's train. He's getting him in training so he could be, uh, you know, a foot soldier in his in his quote unquote business. And it doesn't go there. Yeah, he's actually compassionate with this young man. Well, the irony is he's kind of a, a you know, he's kind of he's, a, he's probably the most caring guy in the film. But he's an unseemly and he's, person. And he's a drug dealer. Yeah, and he's a drug dealer. Right. Exactly right. So that kind of doesn't right. Uh, and I hope I'm saying a Mar- uh, Mahershala Ali. I know who I really hope gets best supporting actor for oh, that. He it's, was, it's, he, a, and it's a it's a wonderful performance. Again, Absolutely. this is we've seen. We've seen inner city drug dealer on on the screen millions of times. Right. We've seen this on paper, but he really brings something different he does. and and softer to it. And That's also really just cool. dealing with the whole issue of black homosexuality, which is not a common topic in film. Right, was handled really beautifully. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. It is handled beautifully well. And yeah, it is something that you. Yeah, it is not uh, looked upon, or if it is looked upon, it's kind of as a punchline, and mm. there is no punchline in this film. So we should talk about. Um, by the sea, uh, Manchester by Manchester the sea. Manchester by the sea. So the, you think what, sir? Uh, that was my number two film. Uh-huh. My uh, La La Land was number one. Manchester mm-hmm. was number two. Um, I've been a big fan of Kenneth Lonergan's uh, mm-hmm. work as a playwright and a and a film director. Right. He did uh, a great film called You Can Count on Me with Laura Linney, and uh, that was the film that introduced the world to Mark Ruffalo. And then he did uh-huh. a, a he did a film called Margaret with Anna Panquin that if you get a chance go find it. Okay. It it had a horrible release and didn't do well and there was a lot of it, backstory behind the trouble of the of the distribution of the film but it's a wonderful film. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to say that um, 
that David Fincher, the gentleman who gave us Seven and Fight Club right. and Social Network and Zodiac, that man made procedure exciting. And Lonergan does the same with this. Yeah. You have the 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 story of the you know the adult screw up Casey Affleck having to now take over uh, nurturing uh, his nephew, and uh, and kudos to Lucas Hedges for getting a nomination because he gets a lot of juicy scenes. He does. with Casey Affleck, but also the procedure of having to deal with a loved one's body. Going to the funeral home, going to the church, and all that stuff. It's stuff that, again, it's not date night material, but it is. It it does show you what has to be done on top of your emotional self and emotions around you. Movie is when you see a movie talking about procedure. Yeah, when you see a movie about somebody who's screwed up or clinically depressed, in general, the movie progresses and he sort of unscrews himself. He was no more unscrewed at the end of this movie. Than he was when he started. It, yeah, it is not a it's not a magic wand yeah. redemption. Right, it's a high lifetime. Yeah, but but yeah, you're you're correct uh, yeah. because we don't wrap up in a nice bow. That's exactly, right. and I end. think that it was intentional and the point, and that's yep. why the way life is. Yes, yeah. you know. So the fact is, again, there's a moment with uh, he and the nephew and a and a ball. That's enough. Yeah, right. That, I mean, that really is enough. But yeah. it, but it does remind you, and I, I remember telling. Uh, young theater students this of, you know, what happens after the final curtain? What happens after they all live happily ever after? Oh. Life continues. Life continues. You know, right. it's not just, you know, and, and you, hopefully you talk about that. You're just like, well, how are they going to be? Yeah. And that's where your your discussions about, you know, uh, I think that's where you find yeah. out if you're and of course, half empty or half full. There were so many, that classic scene with Michelle Williams is what a what yeah. a knockout yeah. scene! I believe she yeah. that's her. No, she's had a couple scenes, but yeah. the but the one that's almost a one scene wonder. Yeah, it is it of is. Uh, people who have one great scene in a film. Um, people always talk. Well, when we talk about the Academy Awards, they always talk about the length that somebody is in a film. Like a classic example, Anthony Hopkins got a Best Supporting Actor award for Silence of the Lambs, even though he's in the film for eleven minutes. No. Look, That's a great piece of trivia. And the the flip side, Meryl Streep had a lot of screen time in Kramer versus Kramer, but she got pushed into Best Supporting Actress back in oh. 1979. So the trivia question is who got an Academy Award for the least time on the screen? Well, that being said, be, I always think of Beatrice Strait in oh. Network. She mm. played the wife of William Holden. Oh, right, right, and right. And she had one brilliant scene where Holden admits to having an affair with Faye Dunaway. Yeah. And uh, she knocks it out of the park. The same film, um, he got nominated, didn't win, but it's still a brilliant scene. But Ned Beatty has a scene with Peter Finch mm-hmm. about um, about how the world is a business. It's a, it's a great scene. Find it on YouTube, or even better, watch Network. Yeah, but it's forty years old and still well, just as relevant today. That's a, wow, that's amazing about um, Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, wow. It's, I mean, so but it's the impact. It is you know who are we talking? Who have right. we been talking about since day one? There's there's a famous story when uh, Eli Wallach was offered the role of the Mexican bandit, the villain in the original Magnificent Seven. Magnificent Seven. Yeah. He his character is only in the first ten minutes of the film. And the last 10 minutes, 15 minutes or so of the film. And depending on who you talk to, tell the story, who tells the story, either Wallach realized this or Wallach's agent realized this. He was like, hey, I'm only in at the beginning and I'm only at the That's not a whole hell of a lot. And the response was, well, who are they talking about in that big uh, middle section? Right. They're talking about you. So, that, but yeah, it's presence. It's, uh, you know, where, you know, I think uh, 
what your character looms over. And, of course, Hannibal Lecter is all over Silence of the Lambs. Oh, yeah. Every, even That's the thing about it is that you feel his presence mm-hmm. in every scene, even though he's not there. Okay, so let's get to the important thing here. Okay. So a- a- am I alone in the world that I did not was not drooling over La La Land. Oh, there, there is, there is a, there is a cult of you folk, <laughs> of you people out yeah, there. Yeah. Capital Y, capital P. Right. No, in fact, SNL did a skit it's about this. Because uh, I really related to that. Yeah. It, no, I think this. Yeah, this is a film that is now in the same ballpark as The English Patient. Right. Um, Titanic. In the ballpark, meaning, is, you know, there, there is a group of people that absolutely love it, but there is also a strong cult that say, I liked it. Yeah. I didn't. Love it. Well, see, that's what was brilliant about the Saturday Night Live skit. If they had brought him in because he hated it, that somehow wouldn't have rung right. true. And As well, I liked it. I just didn't think it was right. great. Right. And I'm, <laughs> yeah. I was like that about The English Patient. And I know they made Seinfeld did an episode where Elaine didn't like the film. Right. Um, I just think there was the, the wrong couple were highlighted in The English Patient, as much as I love looking at Ray well, Pines that, and Chris yeah. and Scott Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you had Juliette Binoche and Naveen Andrews. But anyway, that's – but no, I, I, I understand it. I, I know part of it is there are some people that just can – and I'm not saying you are, but there, there's a number of people that just cannot embrace musicals. I think part of it is but that. I love musicals. Good. But I think there's also ones that will say, and another is, which is another argument, is that they claim that, especially Ryan Gosling, they don't sing well. And and I think that's, I, I, and I've defended this because I had said, we all don't sound like Marnie Nixon. You know, Marnie Nixon, of course, did the voice for right. Audrey Hepburn mm-hmm, sure. and, uh, and, uh, and Natalie Wood in uh, West Side Story and uh, My Fair Lady. But I think the fact that um, the fact that there are various degrees of vocals. I, um, I don't care about the vocals. Why did you like okay. the movie? It is a throwback of the. We talk about you know something old and something new. Yeah. Uh, it's a throwback to the '40s musical story with a modern setting. Um, you think of A Star Is Born. You think of Umbrellas of Cherbourg, of two people. You know, two young kids. They love each other. Their careers aren't happening at the same time, mm-hmm. and so there's a little bit of uh, A Star Is Born there. Um, but also the fact that it's them, it's them cutting it. We've seen so many f- musicals with fast cutting, and you know, and now I'm an old person with your mm-hmm. ADD and your MTV right. editing and all that, and you see Ryan. And um, and Emma really hoofing it, really singing it, and there's and it and it, without and a lot of camera right, and, everything. and it's and it's an original musical. It's not a jukebox musical. Hi, Mamma Mia, and Rock right. of Ages. Um, the fact that so and also without giving it away too much, I loved the two endings. I love that the one, you know, the, without giving. I'm trying to word yeah, this as carefully careful as possible, here, right? But but I love the fact that it's, oh, you're gonna go there. You're gonna go. What would have happened if this if, happened? Yeah. And then you wind up going with the ending that you have. Yeah. I absolutely love that. Yeah. Okay, so that's it, fair. It really it really resonated with me, it, and you know, hit me at the right time. I know a lot of people that probably waited until now or recently. When did you see La La Land? Because sometimes, oh, sometimes the hype kills a film I, as well. Well, no, there's no question about that. I probably saw it uh, six weeks ago. But, you know, of all the films we've talked about, I would, you know, when I don't like a film and then I hear someone like you and other people talking about it, I say to myself, you know, 
this is worth another look. I mean, I feel that way about a lot of things. I feel that way about books. I feel that way about music. I'll say, you know, let me give another listen. Let me give another look. Mm-hmm. So I'm willing to, to do it again. Um, Especially on a big screen. I mean, we get screeners, well, yeah. and, and you know, oh, yeah. I, I, me as a critic, we get screeners, right. and we can see them at home, and that's fine. But especially well, something like that. You have to see this a big screen yeah. with a great sound system. Hopefully with yeah. a good audience. I remember, I remember berating my daughter saying, I, I don't ever want to see you watching a David Lean film on your phone. Yeah, and, right. and then she goes, Dad, who's David Lean? And secondly, why would I? Do you and, know? And, <laughs> do you, like, don't berate. Just don't talk back. To change the subject slightly. Yes, sir. Don't you love it in a movie? When people at the end of a movie applaud, applaud, I yeah, oh, I do love it. There is, there I is a re- there because I think that that shows such a strong response yeah. to what you just experienced. I, of course, am slightly snarky, and I say well, they're not going to come out of the screen and take a bow. I know, but so but you I, know I understand it. I, I, I mean, there's been so many, but I remember when I saw Forty Two, Jackie Robinson. Yes, and I oh, lively crowd. Well, it was just they applaud, and it gives you a chill mm-hmm. because it's an appreciation. Not for only so much for the film, but for what the film was about. Yep. And, uh, you know, I think, as I recall, Matthew, I think there was applause after um, Hidden Figures in the, in, sure. the, in, the, in the theater that I saw. And I, th- I love that, by the way, because I, I, I just love that. It's a, probably it's not a one very, of your top five. No, no, it no, it is not. It yeah. is. It is. I think it made it would it would make my honorable mention. Okay, that's fair. And yeah. and I'm one of those. I'm an old stodgy guy that I still think there should only be five best picture nominees instead right. of up to ten. Yeah, up so to 10, yeah. yeah. So sadly, yeah, Hidden Figures would not make my five. But you know, I'm really glad it is getting a lot of notice and it's really solid performances. Feel good movie. What's yeah. nothing wrong with a feel good movie? Even there is nothing wrong with it. Yes, <laughs> but well, no. There's yeah. anyway. Yeah. So okay. Um, what is Oscar night like at the Wolfsey home? Um, and can we come over? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Guys, I don't know how to answer that. Wait, you know, are my menus prepared? Will, well, you know. my wife will watch. Um, well, it's interesting. She, she, she doesn't really into the thing beforehand, although she will watch some of it. But on some occasion, we'll tape it and blow through some of the parts that we're not interested in. Thank you, DVR. In. Yeah. Um, yeah, you mean, you mean certain categories? Uh, well, Maybe categories. Oh, see, I think I think the little German cinematographer. Yeah. Uh, there's something I enjoy. One, I think all the, I think every category should get its time because sometimes you get a little cinematographer or a production designer oh, yeah. who will have a speech better than the big name oh. stars, and they're being seen by billions of people. And uh, you know, sometimes it doesn't go off well, and sometimes they act a fool, but it's genuine and it's natural. Isn't the great irony of the Academy Awards? Is that the people who are the greatest actors and actresses, well, they don't use that word anymore. They stumble. Yeah. They can't read a cue card or deliver a line, and I, they've just made a movie that I, I don't know. I just it, always it, it, Sometimes it's practical. Well, some, you, sometimes you don't get Oscar rehearsal. You just kind of show up and well, read the card. The and case, yeah. and you've also had a, a, a yeah. nip or two before right. going yeah, in, that kind true. of thing, you know? That's probably true. So I still think they should bring back the the, the honorary awards, the Thalberg Award, the career mm. achievements. Um, but, you know, uh, they don't make it. They don't make the award show for me. They make it for they, they don't. They try to make it for younger people. Oh, that's I think. probably true. So, did we forget a movie, Matthew? I don't know. Did you forget? I mean, is there no, anything else? No, you, this, the, the pulpit's yours, sir. I mean, no, I'm just no, no. I mean, I'm just hanging. The, wait a second. Don't do that to me. You've got the list. <laughs> 
Yeah, I have a list. Is there? Let's see. So we we talked about Arrival. We talked about Fences. We talked about Hacksaw Ridge. You're gonna you're gonna take some caffeine and watch Hell or High Water. Uh, Not right. a reflection on the film. Right. We mentioned Hidden Figures. We mentioned La La Land. Lion. Did you see Lion? Oh, I love that. Really enjoyed Lion. I cool. See. There's a movie. I mean, there's a little too much Google Earth in there for me, but uh, it seems like a commercial. Wow. Yeah, but you know something that is just, you know, is it wrong to love a movie more because you know it's based on a true story? Well, the problem I, is I, every other film is based on a true story. I know, but yeah. still, just knowing that that little boy, I don't know, I just. No, it's, it, is a, it is a very good film. Yeah. And I'm really, uh, you know, really happy that Dev Patel and Nicole Kidman got nominations for that. And I always thought of him in a funny way because of the hotel movie and, the, you know, the mm-hmm. best America. And I had never seen him. I, I think I missed a film, but I'd never seen him in a really dramatic role. I thought he was terrific. Very good. Very yeah. good indeed. So, um, yeah, but, and then we mentioned Manchester by Sea. We mentioned, so we got all nine figured out. We, we, you know, well, we got, we we got it covered. Do you want to pick? I get a week. I have another week to pick unless you want to come back next you know, the week. Old, the old story <laughs> is there's two things to pick. Who you think should win. Yeah, your heart and your head. Your heart and your head, that's right. And, and ladies and gentlemen, I must preface this <laughs> for entertainment purposes only. Oh, well, Do not, not take Junior's college fund and, and let it ride on fences no. or La La Land. So, think... who, who, all right, who would you want to to win, Dick Wolsey, for Best Picture? Yeah, who would I want to win? Yes. Hmm. I, you know, it's funny. You would think I'd be smart enough to anticipate that question when I knew <laughs> I was coming on your program. I love this show. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm gonna say. Okay, I'm going to say La La Land will win, uh-huh. but I think I would have liked Moonlight to win. Okay, yeah, I think that's somebody compared it to uh, Boyhood, which came out uh, a couple years ago. Of you know, everybody loves it. Um, not enough to get Best Picture, but it will get an Oscar somewhere, and I think that will probably be uh, Best Supporting Actor with uh, for uh, for Maharshala yeah, Ali, which I can't pronounce. Remy, I we'll don't work care on it. Remy, whether well, you no, like it the, what's great is we're gonna f- because of this, we're yeah. gonna find out how to pronounce it. Yeah, that's um, right. You know, twenty over twenty years ago, the great, the late great character actor Pete Postlewaite. I didn't know how to pronounce his name until he got nominated he for In the Name of the Father. And then, right. of course, did films like The Usual Suspects and James and the Giant Peach. And so anyway. But, yeah, there, there, this is also a year where we learn to say some actors and directors' names. Well, you know, another thing we should – I don't know how much time we have. But we got we, a few minutes. It's all right. You know, I – you know, I'm Mr. Liberal. Everybody knows that. But, and I, capital but I M, was, capital L. Yeah, but I was not sympathetic uh, last year to this whole thing about not enough African-Americans being – because now you look at this year. I mean, it, 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 there's a point. Is there not, Matthew, where you say, okay, that year? No, last did, year was not the strongest year for roles. I mean. Okay, so it wasn't. No, this no, year you're fine. Is. This year, yeah. So year it is. all evens out. It was not racism. No it, no, it was just, it was not the strong. You know, you could you could have an argument for Idris Elba. It didn't happen. Um, but yeah, no. This year, this year is this considerably year. better than oh, last considerably year. Considerably better. It's for five hundred percent better. But I don't think it was an intentional no, making it better. No, they were just better roles. Now and better they, they have. I know they've opened up the voting. I know it's not. Uh, oh, I think it's right. le- you know it is less old. Uh, old Ernest Borg nine types. Right. right so, right, right. Uh, but yeah, I no, I don't think this this year's crop of performances. Uh, of of color is uh, considerably better than last year. Absolutely. So no, he, we are fine. Don't send hate mail. So there. I can't imagine I said anything that would require hate. Not mail. at all. Not at all. <laughs> okay, you got a couple. We just got about two more minutes yeah. left. Uh, any other? Is, is there any categories you're rooting for, Dick? Um, Somebody that you really want to get one. 
Let's see. Um, of of the uh, of the Oscar, you have to remind me because everybody in all the, the top pictures are not is not necessarily nominated for best actor actress. I thought um, um, in Fences. Um, gosh, where's my mind? Viola Davis. I thought Viola Davis was great in Fences. I think it's her year. I think she was wonderful in it. Even though, as I said, I expressed some question about the film. I thought she was just marvelous in it. And she's so. you know, she's been nominated before. Everybody loves her. They love right. watching her on TV as well. Yeah. Well, so. you know, now that's an interesting thing. Yeah. To bring my wife back into it again. Please do. My wife hates her on that show. Well, she's not the the most likable person no, she's in the not. world, and that's kind of part of it. Right. But I I think that's what I when we went to see Fenty, she said, "Boy, this is just an astounding performance." And I, compared to you know the TV show that she can't bear to watch. So there you go. But she doesn't watch it every week and can't stand it. No, she doesn't. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> well, Dick, I uh, I hope you and your lovely wife have fun at the Oscars. I can't yes. wait to hear the menu. And if there's if there's leftovers, uh, let us know. So I have to know, do you watch all the gowns and in the... No, I don't care no. about the red carpet. Okay. No, my, now, my daughter, my, my teenage daughter, my, and my wife, why, um, I'm going to be taking the nachos out of the plate during, okay. during the red carpet. I wish Jimmy Kimmel good luck. I think he'll be good. Yes. And, mm. and by the way, don't get shocked if half the audience doesn't like what the host does because they're hired. The host is hired to do what the host does best. Oh, absolutely. Shocking. Right, so. exactly. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Dick.